Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us preach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Oh man, I'm so good. It's so good to see you. You sound you guys sound amazing. You guys are awesome. So we're doing a, a nativity scene this week, and so I think we need more choir members, so y'all should just come and sing. Everybody, let the whole city hear us. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and so I do want to say th- uh, welcome to Waterhouse Church. If it's your first time being here, or maybe you've been here for a long time, and you've never got the opportunity to connect with us, we would love to connect with you and give you more information about the church, pray for you, answer any questions that you have. Here's the best way to reach us. We have a text number. It's 817-803-3131. If you text the word connect to that number, it's going to bring a little electronic form for you to fill out. And uh, if you fill that out for us, we'd love to connect with you. And we're also going to send you a gift in the mail just saying thank you for visiting today. Thank you for being here. And uh, God has so much for us today. It's been an amazing day already. And I can't wait to see what God continues to do. And uh I just want to say thank you again for being here. Let's open up a prayer before we get into the word. Father God, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would just calm our emotions. God, that you would open the ears to hear today. You would soften the hearts to receive. God, I pray that you would open my mouth to speak. God, let every word I say be uh, spoken your words. God, I thank you for that. God, bring calm to my heart, calm to my mind. And God, I pray that you'd open up the scriptures to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's Christmas time. Who's excited about Christmas? Three of us. We're good. We're good. Some of us, it's not so great because, you know, Christmas can be very difficult. Christmas is a, it's a good season, but it's a very difficult season. And so we're in the middle of a, of a series entitled Mixed Bag because that's kind of what Christmas is, right? It's like we have a lot of good things going on, but we also have some things that are not so good. Uh, I don't know what it is about this time of year, but it seems like it, everything just gets amplified and magnified. This time of year, what's really good gets greater, and what's really bad gets badder. Um, and so there's times uh, during the season where you have ups and downs, good and bad, but sometimes it just seems to scream at us louder during this time of year. And so I'm going to ask you a question this morning before we get into it. How many of you, by a show of hands, have been waiting for God to move or step in, and we can admit it's been hard? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, man. You're waiting for God to do something. And it doesn't seem like he's ever going to come through. It doesn't seem like he's answering your prayers. Sometimes it, you don't even know why you pray. Like, why am I even doing this? Is God even there? Does he even care? Man, it's, it's been a tough season. It, it really has. And this season, like I said, seems to amplify everything, make it louder. Um, this time of year, our troubles seem to be bigger. Like, they scream at us. Our lack becomes more obvious, like what we do have and what we don't have. And our hopes and dreams can even seem farther away than we thought before. It's a season of hope, man. It's Christmas. It's an amazing season, but it also can be a very 
deep season of hopelessness for a lot of people. Amen. It's a mixed bag. It's really hard and it's really tough for some people. And here's the thing. We know that God can answer our prayers. But sometimes, to be honest, we can lose heart and doubt that God ever will. And our prayers get a little bit quieter or a little less emotional. And we wonder if our prayers even reach God at all. And then eventually we just stop praying altogether. See, our once hope-filled nights of prayer become silent nights. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life, and I'm a pastor, so I'm admitting this. There's times where I just don't want to pray. There's times where I, I go to bed and I'm like, God, I don't even know why I'm praying. It doesn't seem like you're answering questions or answering my prayers. There's certain times in my life where prayer just kind of ceases, and it's not because I didn't want to pray. It's just something happened. And there's probably times in your life as well that you're, you may be in that season right now. It's like, I just don't even think about praying. You know, why is that? What's going on? When I, there's times when I go to bed at night and I'm super excited about what God's going to do and we pray together. Me and my wife will pray together and it's, it's emotional, it's fervent, and we believe with all of our faith. And then there's sometimes we, we, we pray together and it's like, God, I don't know if you're going to do this or not. Maybe, I don't know. And then there's times we just don't even pray. There's silent nights. And maybe some of you right now are going through those silent nights. But I want to encourage you today. You may think that God doesn't care, that God doesn't listen, that God doesn't know what you're going through, but he does. Even if our prayers to seem, go, seem to go unanswered, I can tell you with absolute confidence that your prayers matter. They matter. And for those that have been praying for years and years, because there's several of you probably here that have been praying for something for years and years and years, and it doesn't seem to ever come true. And for those that don't think God hears or cares, I want you to know that he does. In those tear-filled prayers, those nights of wondering, the mornings of crying, those prayers do not fall on deaf ears. That's why I love Christmas, because the Christmas story and Christmas itself is an answer to the world's prayers. And it's a prayer that seemed to go unanswered for thousands and thousands of years. People prayed for the Messiah, prayed for someone to come save them from, their world, from, from the world, prayed for a deliverer. And yet, even though they prayed, it never produced not single one. In fact, there was 400 years between the last prophet and when Jesus was born. 400 years of quiet silence. Nobody spoke. God was silent. God didn't seem to be there. 400 years of nothing. But yet, people kept praying. And in this 400-year span, God was making something, putting things together, answering the prayers, but in a way that we would never imagine. God was about to answer thousands of years of prayer. God was about to answer a prayer of two old people that had served God faithfully in the temple. And they'd been praying their whole life for a, for a child. And God didn't seem to be answering that prayer. And then one day, Zechariah goes into the temple and God speaks with him and tells him that through him and through his wife, they're going to give birth to the, to the prophet, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was going to lay the way for Christ to come and, and, and lay the way for his ministry to take off. John the Baptist was 
the key to unlocking the Messiah's journey. And it was through Zechariah and through Elizabeth that John the Baptist came. He was answering the prayers of a thousand generations. He was answering the prayers of 400 years in the most unlikely way. So we're going to read this story in Luke chapter 1. And as we read the story, we're going to unlock some things that's going on here. And we're going to look at it. And hopefully by the end of this, that we really understand what God is doing. And that we have faith again to pray. Faith again to, to believe. Faith again to trust God and to trust that he's good in all things. And so if you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25. We're going to be in the New Living Translation. Another way. It's between Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> so it's somewhere in there. Okay, here we go. So if you have it, say you got it. Got it. All right. If you don't, hurry up. All right. So Matthew chapter 5, of chapter 1, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25. Here's the story. When Herod was king of Judea, Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. And they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. And one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And as was custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood out praying. So what's going on here is Zechariah was a priest, and, and these priests would come uh, for a week at a time to serve in the temple. And Zechariah was finally chosen to burn the incense. And the priest of the order to burn the incense was a great honor. And, they, and, and because it was so great that priests only got to do it once in a lifetime. So this was a once in a lifetime opportunity for Zechariah. The lot fell on him that day. He walks into the temple. He walks into the most holy place and he lights the incense. And that incense was a fragrant aroma. And that, that, that fragrant aroma represented the prayers of all the people. And so when that incense was lit, that song we sing, Let Incense Rise, if you're not a believer, you're not familiar with that terminology, you may be saying, what are they singing? I don't understand that. But it's, a, it's the prayers of the people, the prayers going up to God as a fragrant aroma. And when he lit that, something amazing happened. People were outside praying. They were praying for the Messiah. They were praying for deliverance. They were praying for God to step in and do a miracle. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. I want you to hone in on that and maybe underline that. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. 
He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And then Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is well along in years. I find this ironic. The guy's standing in front of an angel. And he's like, how's this going to happen? Wouldn't you just take the angel's word for it? <laughs> and then the angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. My words, my promises, my oath, everything that I promised will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally came out, he couldn't speak to them. Then he realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zachariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. He has heard your prayer. The angel was standing there and he told Zechariah, I have heard your prayer. What was Zechariah praying in there? I don't think he was praying for his son at that point. What were the people praying out there? They weren't praying for Zechariah and Elizabeth to have a child. They were praying for a deliverer. They were praying for Jesus. They were praying for the Messiah to come. But what the angel said to, is, is just striking. He says, I have heard your prayer. The Lord has heard your prayer. The prayers prayed in the past. The prayers that you, you, you labored over in the past, you and your wife in tears praying for, the Lord has heard it, and now I'm here to answer it. Now I'm here to do something. Now I'm here to give you something that everyone needs. The irony of this story is that every day people would go in and out of that temple and every day they would light incense, every day they would sacrifice and every day they would they worship, every day they would praise for 400 years, nothing, silence, nothing was going on. Things seemed to be going from worse to worser. <laughs> Things were getting badder and not gooder. That's my grammar, sorry, I'm, I'm Texan. <laughs> and they would offer it these prayers and these sacrifices and all these incense, it would seem like they were doing it in vain, like nothing was changing, nothing was making a difference. But they did it because they believed that God was still faithful. He was faithful in the past. They know the stories of how God delivered them out of Egypt, how God delivered them and, and, and gave them the land. They, they heard the stories of how God even brought them out of Babylon and set them back in this new place. They heard the stories of who God was, and they knew that there was a Messiah coming. And so they prayed in faith, knowing that God was still faithful because he's been faithful before, that his promises are true, even if it seems otherwise. And I want to tell you, when God seems silent, that's when we begin to pray with greater faith. But far too often we give up when God seems silent. Our prayers get quieter. They don't quite have the same emotional tenacity to them. Our prayers 
become hopeless. See, it's, it's in the unbelief that we become hopeless. Have you become hopeless today? Like I said, man, this, this time of year, it's, it's a hopeless year for some people. It can be very difficult. Are you hopeless today? Have you lost your hope? A good way to know is have you stopped praying? Have you stopped asking? Have you stopped believing that God is good? Have you just stopped believing that God has your best interest at heart? See, unbelief and doubt will cause us to be silent. Think about this. Zechariah was struck dumb and silent because of his unbelief. Let me put it in a, in a way maybe you can understand. When my, when my wife is pregnant with my girls, I didn't know I had twins at the time, but we were at the doctor's office. They're doing the little sonogram thing. He's like, hmm, that's strange. Your baby's smaller than last time. He's like, oh. He's looking at it, and he's looking at her, looking at me, and he goes, okay, either you have two babies or you have one baby with two heads. <laughs> Not a good thing to say <laughs> at all. And my wife, she's like, you know, freaking, she's just thinking one baby with two heads, you know, and I'm over there just like, what do you just say? And he's like, oh, you, you have twins here. And, and I just turned pale white, and I'm sitting in that. I'm like, I don't say a word. I just sit down, don't say anything the whole time, not even one thing. After the sonogram, we get in the car. I go to work. I sit in the, the break room. All the guys are like, hey, Manil, how'd your, how'd your visit go? I sat there, dumbfounded, silent, because I was trying to believe what I was just told. I was trying to grasp the magnitude of what was just told to me. I was dumbfounded. And the only words I could get out was twins, twins, twins. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, how am I going to do this? It was unbelief, and it caused me to be silent. I'm telling you, as a believer, when you, when you get into unbelief and you fail to believe that God loves you and God has the best for you and that God still answers prayers, you, stop to, you just simply stop praying. You simply stop coming to him, and you simply fail to believe that he is still good. I'm telling you, do you have a hard time praying? Do you have a hard time praying? Maybe your believer has taken a hit because we all have a believer and sometimes it's hard to believe. Sometimes the frequencies get messed up and we don't really believe and we don't hear from God and we, it just seems silent. But the good news is God fixes that. God can work on that. See, it's in the silence, it's in the, the places of quiet and the places where God seems silent and empty, that's when God does his best work in our lives. That's where God works on our souls, a deep soul work. See, our believers that God has given to us to believe, they, they seem to tune into God's voice a little better when it's in those times of silence. We lean in more to hear. We get closer to God. And in turn, we, I believe that the Lord leans in closer to us because he's whispering to us. He's speaking to us in a softer tone, in a loving way. See, he's working on our receivers. He's, he's teaching us to trust and to believe, to pray the right prayers and get closer to him. And in turn, that deepens our faith in him. The, the crazy thing is, is Zachariah sat there for nine months watching that child take form in his wife's belly. Nine months, he's seen it grow. And, and nine months, he, he witnessed the miracle that God told him was going to happen. 
And he couldn't speak at all the whole time. All he could do was watch and listen and wonder. God, you are so good. Couldn't even say that. He could just think it. The whole time thinking about that promise, thinking about who God is. There was something happening deep inside of Zechariah during those nine months. There was something that God was planting. And here's one thing that I've discovered in the silence, in the most quiet places of our life, where God seems the farthest. That's where God plants revival. See, it's the prayers prayed when it's hard. When you want to give up, when you want to give in, those things are the seeds that produce the biggest harvest in our life. I wouldn't give up those times for anything. They were hard. They were difficult. The long nights waiting to see if God was going to answer, if he even cared. But because God brought me through those things, and in your life, God brought you through those things, your faith is deeper now. You have a bigger understanding of who he is and his faithfulness. And it produced something in your life. And I find it hard to believe that Zechariah had a hard time believing this angel in the first place. Zechariah's name actually means Yahweh remembers. That's his name. God remembers. And the crazy thing about that is that Elizabeth's name means God's oath. So when those two literally walked into a room together, they were screaming, God remembers his oath. Their whole, their name screamed that God remembers his oath, that God keeps his promises, that God knows what he's doing. And yet he still even, unbelieved that, didn't believe what the angel said. But I want to encourage you that even in the silence, even in the hard times, even when God seems like he's silent, he's still present. Man, he's so present. It's in those moments where you just don't feel him, that he's there. doesn't mean he's not there because you're going through a hard time and you just don't feel him anymore. God's still there. And I want to tell you that he heard your prayers. He does not tune us out. He's, he's not too busy. He doesn't get distracted like I do. I'm a guy. It's natural. He heard your prayer. And he heard the prayer of Zechariah and Elizabeth. He heard the prayer of those people sitting outside, praying for the Messiah, praying for the Deliverer, praying for Jesus to come. He heard it. He heard their prayers. And I'm telling you, so many believers get discouraged and stop praying because the enemy has lied to you. And you believed him. You believe that God doesn't care. You, you, You believe that God's too busy for you. Or even worse, that he's getting back at you and he's punishing you. And so therefore, he's not answering your prayer. And I think so many times we mistake his silence for punishment. God doesn't give anybody the silent treatment. He's not like us. Praise God for that. And now there are times, listen, there's times. There's times where God will not answer your prayers. And and, and Scripture very plainly says that, that. That hinders our prayers. The Apostle Paul warns the church and he says, look, take care of your family. Take care of your wife. Take care of people around you. That way your prayers are not hindered. And then James, the brother of Jesus, when he writes his letter to the churches, he says, you pray and you don't get because you're praying for the wrong reasons, the wrong motivations. And so there's times when we pray the wrong things and God's not going to answer that prayer. And there's times where we just need to get right with people so God can open up what we need. 
It hinders us from praying because we're so tied up in what's going on with people that we can't hear God clearly. And so we need to forgive, we need to let go, and we need to let God step into that situation. But most of the time, our prayers are right, and they're right on time, but yet God is still seems silent. And when that happens, that's when discouragement comes in, and that's when our faith takes a hit. That's when it's hard to believe. Do you notice that Elizabeth and Zechariah did everything right? What did it say about them in Scripture? So they served the Lord faithfully. They were righteous people. And then the footnote, yet they could not have a child. They did all the right things they were being doing. They served God their whole life, and yet God would not give them their deepest desire. But yet they still served. And I'm telling you, the biggest thing that affects our faith in God and affects our prayer life is the belief that God is not good, that God doesn't care, or that God's too busy. Excuse me, too busy. See, it's this right here. Our belief that God is still good, despite what my natural eyes see and ears hear, that's the foundation of our faith. And that, that's what keeps us praying and seeking his greater good for our lives. The moment we doubt that God is not good is the moment our prayers grow cold and we settle for less than what God has promised for us. What do you believe about God? Do you believe he's good? Do you? Do you pray like he's good? Maybe that's why Zechariah couldn't believe the angel. Like I said, he and Elizabeth prayed for this child, and it seemed impossible. Zechariah settled for a no, but God never said no. God never told him I wasn't going to do it, but yet he may have given up. And see, there's times when we pray, and the Lord answers us with a no. Man, and I hate his no's. I don't like them because I want what I want, and I think I know what I need. But I'm telling you, God's no's are never wrong. God's no's are always good because he knows what's best for us. And here's one thing I've always le- that I've learned about God's no's. He's always got something better for us. It's like, we want that thing so bad. And he's like, I don't want to give you that. I have something better. Stop asking for that. I got something better. But still, sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and nothing happens. But I'm telling you, it's in that persistence and prayer that God not only works out the solution, but he also works on our souls. See, it's Zachariah and Elizabeth. They knew this, and they prayed, and they believed, and they had faith. And they kept being persistent, and they're serving God and praying for God. It's in the consistency and the constant prayer when we wrestle with God's promises That's where our faith is then built up and we get what we needed. And when we get it, we give God every bit of glory that he deserves. And see, I think sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers like we think he should or in the timing we should because he wants to make sure that he gets the credit. I don't know how many times that I've been praying for something and I'm like, God's never come through. And then he he answers the prayer and there's no other way but God. That's how he works. God's timing is impeccable. It's perfect every time. 
there was some this week talking about how God provided them a home and they were really frustrated because God didn't seem to be coming through and they're just having problems with contractors and all this stuff. And, and she said, God's timing is amazing because the house I'm in now, if it would have took longer, you know, the housing market went crazy. They got this house two years ago and the housing market went crazy. She goes, the house I live in now is worth way more than what I paid for it. And the interest rate she got now is way better than they're offering now. And she says, it's God's timing. And she gave God the glory for it. And I think we need to learn to give God the glory for his timing and his plans. But we forget to do that. And I think it's because Elizabeth understood who God was and his timing and his plan that she could answer God the way she did. And she said, thank you, Lord, for this kindness. For this kindness. She could have said, Lord, are you serious? Now you're going to answer my prayer? Now that I'm an old lady, I got to pick this child up. I got nobody to take care of him. People are going to call me grandma. I mean, I don't know. Now you're going to answer this prayer? But she says, no, thank you, Lord. You get the glory. It's all for you. She knew. And I want to talk to you today that for some of you, man, you've just stopped praying. You've stopped trying. You've stopped coming to God. And it's in the wrestling with God in prayer, in deep prayer, that we get what we need. Jesus has a lot to say about us wrestling with God and being persistent in our prayers. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8, Jesus tells this story, this parable, to show what the kingdom of God is like. He goes, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show how they should always pray and never give up. What does Jesus say to do? Pray and never give up. Never. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a great decision or just decision in the end. And so don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. Day and night, praying. Day and night, seeking him. He will give justice. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Man, here's what he's saying. We trust people to give us what we need. If we have an issue, we go to a person with the authority and we try to get what, out of them what they need. But the problem is their authority is limited. They don't have ultimate power in the universe. So if we get bad service at a store, we ask for the manager because we know that that manager can either give us our money back or hopefully make the situation right. And they have limited authority. And many of us will go wear that person out until we get what we want. But yet when it comes to God, we barely come to him. We're relentless with people. But yet when it comes to the ultimate power in the universe, we barely ask and we barely even believe that he can do it. I'm telling you, God is far more just than people. We give up so easy. 
But he said, be assured, justice is coming and quickly. The problem is, our quickly isn't God's quickly. And I want to notice, I want you to notice something at the end of this passage. It seems like this last verse here, this last passage, is, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will have found on the earth who have faith? It's like, why is that even in there? I want to open that up to you. What Jesus is doing, he's pulling out a sword here and he's saying, look, something's about to happen. Jesus said this, who's going to have faith when I come back? And so let me throw a negative out here. Let me reword this in a way that maybe we can understand. Jesus is saying, how many on earth will have given up and lost faith before he returns? How many believers have given up and stopped praying, given up and have you know, walked out on Jesus or deconstructing their faith or walking out on Christ before he returns? He knew it was going to be many. He's saying, keep the faith, keep praying, keep struggling, keep pushing in, keep believing that I'm good, even when the world is rotten. See, it's faith in God that keeps us moving. It's faith in God that keeps us pushing forward. And faith in God means trusting in his timing and in his plan. See, Elizabeth and Zechariah, they wanted a child, but God wanted a prophet. And God was lining things up to make that happen. His timing was perfect. There's so much with the timing of Christ's birth. So much in there. God had to line these things up for Jesus to come. There needed to be a common language for everybody spoke. There needed to be a road system for people to get around. The oppression had to be just good enough on his people. There was so much going on that Jesus' entry into the world was at the perfect timing. And John the Baptist's timing was perfect. But our timing, we don't understand it because God doesn't work on our timeline. See, it all boils down to this. We have to trust the promiser so we can keep praying for the promise. We know he's good, so we trust his timing and his plan. And because of that, we keep hitting our knees in prayer. We keep moving on. We keep doing all that God wants us to do. So why do you stop praying? Why do you give up? Man, so many of you, there's things that you've dropped and you've put down. And you said, God, I'm not going to pray about that anymore because I know you're not going to answer it. Or you've given up. What is that thing that you gave up on and you stopped praying for, you stopped believing in? Maybe today's your day to pick it back up and start praying and asking God. With the same tenacity and the same emotion and the same fervency that you had when you started. Because I'm telling you, when I, the first time I come to God for something, it's like, God, you got to do this. God, I believe in you. I know you can do this. And then months pass, years pass, like, God, I don't know. Maybe you'll do this. If it's your will, God. We stop believing and we stop hoping and we stop believing in God's timing and we stop believing in God's plan. And the biggest thing we can do is let God handle the delivery. Let God handle the timing. Let him work it out. But our job is to keep praying, keep seeking, and keep knocking. Matthew 7, 78 says this, 7, 7 through 8. Keep on asking. Keep on asking. Don't quit. And he goes, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you're going to find, keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Some people have been knocking on doors and waiting for doors to open. He says, keep knocking for everyone who asks. Who's everyone? Everyone. And you're an everyone. 
you're in everyone, receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. He's saying, keep pushing on, keep pressing in, don't stop. See, prayer is pressing in and pressing on when the pressure's up. That's fervent prayer. That's pressing in, and that is effective prayer, as Jesus says. And so I'm going to ask you today, what have you given up on? What have you stopped praying for? What do you stop believing God in? If there's breath in your body, you need to be praying for it. It's not over until it's over. If God said no, then drop it. But if he hasn't said no, pick it back up. Keep moving forward. Keep pressing in. You got to keep praying. Don't give up. (laughs) You got to keep asking. Don't get discouraged. And you got to keep showing up. Don't quit. So many of us want to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit on God. He hasn't quit on you. Don't quit believing. He hasn't. He still loves you. He's still good. Let your incense arise. Let your prayers go to heaven once more. So I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask the the ministry team to come forward. I want to close this way this morning. ministry team is here for you. They believe that God answers prayers. They have faith. And they have faith for you. Sometimes we got to go to people because our faith is just bad. And we have to go to people with faith. That way we can be reignited. And maybe today you just need to go pray with somebody. Maybe you've set something down and you haven't picked it back up because you don't think that God cares or God loves you or that God's just simply ignoring you. Have the faith to pray that again. Let them touch heaven with you today. And so this is going to happen. Christian's going to play this song, and we're going to go through it one more time. And and while he's going through this song, you're going to come up, and you're going to get prayer, whoever needs prayer for anything. While I was speaking, maybe God was touching your heart, saying, man, you've given up on that. Why? I didn't say no. I did not say no. Keep praying. Keep pressing in. I'm working on it. I don't want you to give up. Maybe you have a broken relationship that you just seem is just too far gone and God can't do anything about it. I'm telling you, God can and he will. He is the healer of all things. Maybe you're sick and you've given up and said, well, this is just my lot in life and this is how it's going to be. Come get prayer. God can heal that today. If you're still alive and you're still breathing, it's his will to heal. And I believe that firmly, firmly. So come get prayer. Maybe you got a neck issue. You can barely, barely move it. Can't sleep at night. It's causing migraines. God wants to heal that today. Let's come get prayer. Father, I thank you. God, give us faith to believe. Give us hope. God, fix our receivers so that we may know that you care and you love us. God, you've never given up on us. God, why have we given up on you? God, let our faith arise this morning. Let our hope be reignited and our prayers once more flow up to you like sweet incense. Thank you, Lord. So if you need prayer right now, I'm just going to encourage you to come up. Maybe today you need to give your life to Jesus. You've never given your life to Christ. 
and you're sitting in here and he's been poking at you the whole time. And he's saying, I love you. I love you. I want you to know me. I want to set you free. I want to give you new life. The life that you're living now is nothing compared to what I want to give you. And you've been feeling that the whole time. Right now is your moment to come up and get prayer and to be set free and to have a new life. Jesus is that good. It's not too good to believe. He's that good. He did it for me. He can do it for you. Just have the faith and the courage to come up. And so Holy Spirit, I pray, everyone that needs prayer, that they would come up right now and receive prayer. And Lord, as they walk up, Lord, that you'll be answering their prayers even before they get there. God, give us faith again to pray, to praise, to worship. God, faith, let it arise within us, God, that we may believe that you are good and know that you are good. And Father, even though the world seems like it's chaos and our world seems, our lives seem like it's falling apart, God, you are still good and you're holding it together. And God, let our faith arise in Jesus' name. So pray, God, right now, everybody that needs prayer, that we come up and get prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 